Welcome to the Cinescare Podcast. I am Matt Speak, and I am one of your hosts. And I am Joe Jans, and I am also one of your hosts. I, I switched it up there, Joe, on accident. You did. You threw me for a loop. <laughs> I know. I threw myself for a loop. <laughs> Normally, I say I'm one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am and also then, one of your hosts, Joe Jans. Yeah. Oh, that feels much better. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, also on our show, is the... The, the puzzle of a person, the, the, the only person that I, I think I know who will, uh, who would put, what was it, Lost Boys in his top 10 horror movies of all oh, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, saw, I saw your TikTok. Nice dig there. Yeah, yeah. I figured you'd <laughs> like that. Um, that is the super fan, Mr. Mark Pascati. Hi, guys. Is this where I Hello. insert the, the thunderous applause? Yeah. yeah that's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So, also, I wanted to just remind everybody that we do have merchandise, and it is now much easier to get to than last time uh, because we have our uh, .com uh, directed to it. So it is CinescareHorror.com. That's much easier to remember than CinescareThreadless.com. Horror, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, um, CinescareHorror.com. Go there, and you can buy all of your Cinescare merchandise. Uh, they've got... We don't have trading cards. I was going to say trading cards, but that that's not on there, is it, Joe? It'd just be three. <laughs> just VU and Mark. Well, I know... Oh, no. And our stats. <laughs> <laughs> what would our stats be, anyway? Uh, I guess number of episodes or number of movies watched. Height and weight. That's true. Girth. Yeah. yeah. Girth is always a good one. Yeah. Guys, this is, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but this is actually my 10th episode. Holy cow. Well, we weren't counting, but yeah. thank you for letting us know. Because I was going to say, <laughs> that actually is a great segue, uh, Mark, because this is episode 22 for us. Nice. Double twos. Double deuces. Double, the double deuce. <laughs> the double deuce. <laughs> It's a great and, uh, movie. I can't believe we tolerated Mark into the double digits. I know. I, I get. I get, this is a this is a milestone. You yeah. guys, you guys How have been much really longer? nice to me. How much longer am I going to last for that canonized well, no. sainthood? <laughs> we shall see. But yeah. uh, I know that there were things. I know. I actually, even though I I, I spent a lot of the um, the last two weeks in Iowa and traveling and. And all of that, I, I still got to watch a couple, a few things, and uh, I think we, we sh- should start out talking about Fear Street because I believe we all watched that, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. And uh, well, I'll, I guess I'll lead us off a little bit. Um, I liked it. I liked all three, and I had kind of heard mixed things from different people. I think some people said they liked one of them and not the other, and that one was boring. I, I enjoyed all three for different reasons. And I picking one to, uh, you know, if I was to say which one would be my quote unquote favorite, I guess I'd say 1978. I think I, but you know, I like the summer camp, uh, vibe and all of that. And I thought they did a pretty good job with that, that whole era, you know? Uh, but they all had an era that was interesting, and 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 I definitely liked the. I thought the last one kind of wrapped up the whole thing in a bow, uh, and and did a good job, you know, finishing it off. Uh, where a lot of these kinds of anthology sorts of things, like American Horror Story or whatever, they they usually don't 
kind of wrap up in a way that's satisfying. I thought this one did. I don't. What did you guys think, Joe? I can't get over that this is based off R.L. Stein books. I mean, well, yeah. this is this is goosebumps. You know, well, that's Fear all Street, I think of when I hear R.L. Stein. Fear Street was the the teenage series and it was supposed to be a little more adult but i don't i i mean i never read any of those books i don't i don't know if you guys did but i don't think they went as sexual and violent in them and gory yeah and go- yeah i was yeah. Uh, i was impressed yeah i know mark's been dying to talk about the uh the kill in the supermarket oh yeah uh, that's a great well, kill before you start that before you start that <laughs> let's let's warn the audience we are going to talk spoilers on this uh and we're going to talk about some kills and especially in in the first one uh so if you don't if you haven't watched the series yet you might want to speed up but just so you know i think we all three enjoyed it and we can say that this series were there before we get into details were was there one that you guys liked more than the others and and was there one that you didn't care for i didn't care for 1666 and i'm saying 1666 not part 3 i just didn't care for that era but the part 2 of part 3 i, I know it's confusing but um when they yeah. came back to present time i enjoyed all that stuff i just they didn't came care back to for 19 19- they came back to 1994. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I just, I also want to say, I think he's establishing quite a gallery of characters that are, I want to know more about them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they touched on just a handful of them, but I, I think he could have spinoff after spin. I, here I am telling R.L. Stein how to write books. Um, but just, I, I really want to, I hope Netflix dives a little deeper into that catalog because I, I think there's, plenty of of great content for us to look at oh yeah no i agree and and if they're going to execute it like this of course uh i i can't remember the director's name now and uh lee jeronic or something like that uh he's the he he directed a movie called uh honeymoon that was a, a really good movie i thought it was very well done uh it stars the girl from uh Game of Thrones. I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, but she played the wilding that uh, Jon Snow uh, fell in love with. Anyway, it's a great, it's a very good movie, and it's kind of creepy. Uh, but he's a, he, you know, obviously established himself as a very good director, so he handled it quite well. Um, Mark, yeah, Mark. Did, what about you? Was there one that stood out and one that you didn't care for? I I liked them all. I uh, the 1978 was, was my favorite, um, just because. Um, I love Friday Thirteenth, and they even had a Friday Thirteenth the little um, uh, music uh, when they were showing the lake, and I, it, I had a little bit of uh, uh, copyright uh, bug that just uh, just just happened, and I said, "Ooh, ooh copyright, copyright!" because it, it was very close to the Friday Thirteenth uh, music. Um, I did a little research uh, with this. Um, I have a friend at work, Tyler, who. Uh, used to read the Goosebumps. I was too old for the Goosebumps uh, books when they were out. Yeah. And uh, But he read them, and he said, yeah, Fear Street was like the PG-13 of the Goosebumps, and if you were reading Goosebumps when you were reading Fear Street, you would make fun of the kids who were still reading Goosebumps. Um, I asked him, I, I said, "Are were those books, like, really graphic? He's going, no, no. They just said, you know, uh, the axe hit the kid's head, and that was it, or... He was murdered. 
Um, he he said he hasn't watched them, but he's going to watch them. But yeah, these kills are brutal. I mean, in 1978 uh, uh, episode, I mean, there were 12 year old kids getting killed, mm-hmm. and it, it, that was really shocking. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. But uh, yeah, these kills were really bloody. Uh, I've never seen uh, some kills uh, with a with an axe uh, just as brutal as you know these episodes were especially in the 1978 it was really horrifying to watch and a lot of fun yeah yeah no i i thought especially the one kill uh spoiler spoiler we're going to start talking spoilers yeah. now so if you want to skip ahead a couple minutes uh, go ahead um but uh that one kill in the grocery store with the meat cutter thing was yeah. I was not expecting that, and and that kind of let me know. Oh, that's that's the way it's going to be here. Uh, and we were, my wife and I were both shocked by that. We were like, I can't believe they did that, you know, because we we just didn't think the main characters were going to go down like that. But uh, it was it was a, an excellent kill, and uh, I obviously practical effects were used throughout this. And if they did use any CG, it was quite well done. It was just enhanced a little bit, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But generally speaking, it looked practical to me, which I love, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and as for, for me, definitely 1978 was my favorite. I get what you're saying about 1666. I still found it interesting, um, but it, it that story did kind of lose a little bit there. And I think there were some problems with accents, maybe. I, I, yeah. think, they should, I think they should just not have used accents at all. You know, because remember, uh, I'm sure you've seen uh, Amadeus. Now, they sure. didn't make any of those actors use an accent that wasn't the actual accent of the actor. You know what I mean? Like, so there were there was a guy with a British accent, there was a guy with a German accent, but they were all the you know, and the Americans playing those roles, they just had their American accents. They made no effort. So I kind of wish movies would do that more often. And and I didn't feel like they're needed. These guys needed to try to put on some kind of. It almost sounded Irish or something it it didn't work you know um i so. i think the real reason that i didn't care for it is there just wasn't a whole lot of pop music back in 1666 <laughs> well that's but true, yeah. the 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 music drops that they had throughout the other two i, I was really mm-hmm. liking you know yeah. i'm shazamming every like three seconds yeah, you know, yeah. Ooh, what yeah. song is that what song is that yeah yeah, yeah I was... really thought I, I really thought uh 1666 was really pushing the boundaries of uh like uh the acting limits of these actors that they, yeah, yeah the actions, it, it really took me out of it. I was going, Oh boy, they're, they're trying. I mean, they were trying their best and, Oh yeah, no, these, yeah. And I think these are all really good actors, but yeah, it's just not that easy to, to take on those, that kind of an accent. And they didn't, they didn't need to, like we wouldn't have, we, it wouldn't have bothered me if they'd just been speaking in, you know, I can understand not using, uh, modern language or or words, but you don't have to have an accent or maybe a hint of something, but you don't need anything really in a movie. Um, yeah, I was I was having flashbacks uh, from my college uh, years with Kareem Johnson uh, yelling yeah. at me with my Chicago accent, and it was uh, it was to play Once Upon a Mattress, and I had a line it was into the marsh lily where the swamp lilies grow, and I was going in and into the marsh uh, lilies where the marsh Lily's go and Kareem Johnson was just no, no, it's not into the into the. Oh man, I had some bad flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
so uh where anybody what what other than uh other than Fear Street, what else did you watch, Joe? Uh, the only other thing I watched was Netflix's classic horror story. Yeah, Italian I film watched, just yeah, I came watched out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to talk about it and not spoil it. And if I do spoil anything, trust me, it was accidental because I really, I, I'm not sure what I watched. It was very confusing. I liked it. Um, it's, uh, about a group of people traveling through like on a car sharing ride. They're all uh, trying to go to a certain destination and they're, they're ride sharing in a, in an RV and uh, something happens and the RV gets off the road and all of a sudden they realize they're clear out in the middle of a, a clearing in a forest and they don't know how they got there. They stumble upon a village where they've got some very odd customs and there's sacrifice ritualistic sacrifices and whatnot, which they are unwilling participants of. And then something really weird happens. And that's where I'm going to have to stop. I do recommend this film. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I just, I feel like I need to watch it at least a second time uh, to make sure that I fully understand it. It also, it's an Italian film. You can watch it in subtitles, or you can watch it with a terrible, terrible English overdub. But whichever way makes it easier for you to watch it, I would recommend going that route. Yeah, I I tried, because I hate Netflix's uh, subtitles that they do, because they have... They don't just have the lines, but they also have birds chirping in, you know, in parentheses. Right. And I, I hate that kind of thing. I wish they would just find a way to do it where it's that's the closed captioning, like closed captioning and and subtitles. It's di- two different things. Closed captioning is for for uh, people who are deaf or hard of hearing or whatever, so that they know what's going on in the movie. And, and it tells you the music cues, even like ominous music playing, you know, and that really uh, I mean, you get used to it after a while, I guess. But I would much rather just have the lines. So I'm not sure why Netflix can't figure out a way to have actual subtitles and closed captioning. But at any rate, I I went back and forth. I actually tried watching uh, probably a good third of the movie with the English overdub because I was just tired of reading. Yeah. I tried it. I tried it for 10 seconds and I was like, Oh no, 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 I cannot do that. So um, I could, it's very, I don't think I've ever seen a movie that had dubbed that I liked. Um, But uh, I, it, I, it was trying to be a whole lot of things, you know. There's a little bit of um, cabin in the woods, cabin in the woods, a little bit of uh, uh, what's that one? Midsummer uh, yes. that came out. You know, there's a little bit of that. There's a there's a little bit of a lot of different things, and nothing that it doesn't really go in a in Texas a, Chainsaw, a little Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, there's a, yeah. Uh, you know the the full core. Sounds good to me. Um, yeah, well, it's not bad, yeah, Mark. You you if, should watch it. And it, yeah, it's definitely worth watching. I gave it three star, three cuts uh, out of five. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was okay. I mean, I, my three stars out of five is means entertaining, not bad. So I found it entertaining, not bad, but 
I didn't I didn't necessarily think it was good either, but it's definitely worth checking out. I could see where some people would absolutely love it, um, but it, it it I was just kind of eh, it was okay. Um, Mark, anything? What what did you watch this week? Well, I took your advice and I watched The Changeling. Ah, and I watched, there you go. And I watched it twice because I loved it so much. It's ah. fantastic, Matt. Good yeah. choice on uh, your top ten. What, what, what? Which one did you pick it for? Six. It was number six. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh man. And it, like I said, I said last time. I, you know, if you ask me six months from now, it might be number three. It's. It's. I. I think of it in the same it's terms. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. Um, I want to live in that house. It's so beautiful. Just the the film grain of it. Uh, George C. Scott. He's just just fun to watch um so creepy one of the best seances i've ever seen in my life um it was just watching uh that woman just not 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 blinking and like you just see the tears in her eyes and she's got the pencil and it it was the ball dropping down the stairs um just just a great movie man thanks thanks for the Thanks for the recommendation on that. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, but that was a that was a Joe recommendation too. He loves that movie as well. For for the the listeners at home, I want to clarify that this was the 1980 film The Changeling, yes. not the 2008 Changeling film with right. Angelina Jolie. That one's nowhere near as good. Oh yeah, no, and it's a completely <laughs> different kind of movie. Um, but yeah, that it's it's fantastic, and George C. Scott's amazing. That séance scene is incredible, and then when he later, when he's sitting there by himself and he's listening to the to the yeah. sound of the séance, and then and he doing keeps the back recording and, and hears that, backing it up. Yeah, and that just gives you chills. It gives me chills anyway. And uh, I also, yeah, I also like just just the acting and just watching a film and just the actors and how they the characters talk to each other like i i i rewinded a scene where he gets to the house uh for the first time and and uh he and the woman in the car uh pulls up and she says you want to ride in and he just goes fine just gets in the car and i don't know why i loved it but it's just how they talk to each other back in the 70s movies you know it, it reminded me of the exorcist um, just the clothes that we were wearing, the cigarette smoking in, you know, people's house and, you know, digging into the well. I, oh, boy, it was a great movie. Great, great choice, Matt. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. And, uh, okay, I watched a couple other movies. I watched um, a classic that I had never seen before, Mario, Mario Bava's Black Sabbath which is an old 1963 Italian... Hey, we got an Italian theme here, Joe. Uh, It's an Italian uh, anthology. It's three parts. The first part is about this woman who keeps getting a phone call that uh, is from an ex of hers who had been put in prison and has escaped from prison. And uh, it's her stuck in her apartment. It's got kind of a... Oh, I don't, I'm not quite sure. It's a, more of a psychological thriller kind of vibe to it. Pretty good. Uh, and then the second part is set, I believe, in sort of like medieval or Renaissance times in, in Italy. And it's about this family that lives in this house out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it's kind of a manor, I guess, sort of. And there's 
a vampire on the loose around them. And then the third part is about this woman who uh, is sort of like a undertaker. She's supposed to take care of this body of a woman who died. And she sees this beautiful ring on the woman's finger. And so she steals it. And of course, you don't steal from the dead, Joe. How many times have I told you this? I think I've warned you this uh, many, many times. I'm still going to keep trying. I know you are. You're just you're you're a go getter like that. But uh, you're tenacious. Never give up. <laughs> Never give up. Uh, but it it was good. It it definitely it had uh, that kind of giallo. Uh, the the lighting, the the red lights on certain faces and green lights on other faces. It's there's very always well- room for giallo. Yeah, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful looking film. Uh, I gave it three and a half cuts. That means I, I thought it was uh, a good movie. So uh, anybody else have anything else they watched this week? No. No, not even Space Jam. Not even Space Jam. Yeah, no. I, 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 I watched I, the first 15 minutes <laughs> and I turned it off. <laughs> I, uh, my son's my in gosh. the basement watching it right now. Oh, is it bad, guys? Yeah. It's really bad. Oh, actually, I oh. do have I do have one thing to, to tell you. I watched last night. We watched the first two episodes because they're the only ones available right now. The first two episodes of the new American Horror Stories. Oh, which is, yeah. oh yeah. And I I gotta say, those first two episodes were were good. Uh, it go, I don't know if you guys watched the 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 series itself, but that first season was set in the murder house, um, and it goes back there. And so some oh, good. of it, it doesn't have all of the same people from before, but there's there's little uh, kind of I think kind of Easter eggs to different things, but it, it's mostly a, it's a, a, a different family altogether. And uh, it's a, uh, a gay uh, couple with their daughter who is also gay. And, uh, and it, it deals with them having to figure out how to navigate all these ghosts in the house. And some of the people that they meet are real. Some of them are actually ghosts. And in this house, you know, it's kind of hard to tell the difference. Uh, so, but it's mostly about the girl, and she's kind of got a sadistic side to her. She uh, she likes to to look at really bizarre, freakish porn and different things like that. And and so her dads are are quite concerned about her. Uh, but the house loves her, and so I won't go any further than that. But it's it's really good, and it, and it kind of I love this idea that they have because it's I think. Every two episodes will be its own story. It's not like a whole season, so it's going to be multiple stories, sort of anthology. Uh, it, it, well, it is an anthology um, kind of system. So I'm not sure if they'll connect in some way or there's going to be a through line. But uh, this, the first two episodes are out are available now, and they both have to do with the murder house and the rubber suit guy and all that. Um, I'm not They're sure what Hulu, the right. They're on Hulu. Yeah, they're on okay. Hulu or FX or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, I believe it's on. Yeah, it is. We watched it on Hulu. And and they're, so it kind of solves the problem that I had with American Horror Story. And that was that American Horror Story often uh, 
would lose steam. Like they always started out good. Like the first few episodes were great. You know, freak show. You got that clown and everything. And then they kill the clown like in episode three and he's gone. And then after that, they just doesn't, they didn't know what to do for a full 10, 12, 14 episodes. Uh, but so I like this idea because it, it allows them to take the, what they, the good ideas they do have and let them end quickly rather than try to drag the story out all throughout, you know, 10 or 12 episodes. So I, I do recommend this one so far. Anyway, the first two are, are strong. I thought, uh, it's very typical. It's very much Ryan Murphy. It's very much American horror story kind of style of things. It gets violent. It also has a lot of the same themes that they usually have, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Is Billy Lord in it? Uh, what she wasn't in these two episodes. Uh, these, okay. There were uh, actually Prince. What's not Prince? Um, uh, what's Michael Jackson's daughter's name? Per, oh, Paris, Paris Jackson. Paris. She's in it. She plays. Oh, really? Yeah. Is she, she plays, an actress? I guess so. Yeah. Wow. And she, she's not bad. Um, and she plays the uh, kind of a mean girl at the high school of the daughter. And, uh, and her friends are all mean to the, the daughter of the family that lives in the murder house. And then also Cindy Crawford's daughter is in it in, in episode two, she plays a ghost in the house who is in love with the daughter. And she looks exactly like Cindy Crawford. Like it's, it's, it almost, I I almost started thinking to myself, is this like a CGI you know, like de-aging of Cindy Crawford or something, because it was it was freakish how much she looks like her mom. But does she have the mole? She doesn't have. The, that's the only thing that's missing is the mole. Yeah, I didn't didn't notice a mole, but the she has mole. everything else. She's got the face. It, it, like it looks just like her. So anyway, um, I think yeah, that was all I watched this week. So that brings us to uh, the moment. We've all been waiting for, and that is numbers five through one of top each five. of our. What's that? The top five. The top. The top five. Um, horror movies for each of our favorite horror movies, I guess. Right. Um, so I'm on six still. You? No, you're not. No, you're not. You said your right. sixth one. Right. Did I? Yeah. No, I didn't. What was your no. sixth one? Well, Lost Boys? No, no, number Goonies. seven was Lost Boys. Goonies. Number seven was Lost Boys. <laughs> okay, what was your... Not Goody's Gremlins? You bastards, no. <laughs> My number six is the 1986 The Fly. Yeah, I oh, we... about this. Oh, we skipped him. <laughs> you skipped me. I'm, I'm just super fan. It's okay. I didn't want to say anything. Oh, uh, Super Fly. You know what? <laughs> All right. That I I am I love this inclusion. This almost makes up for your Lost Boys. Well, yeah, it's directed Not by quite. David. It's. Oh <laughs> uh, man, yeah, yeah. Put the music in. Um, no, The Fly, 1986, directed by David Cronenberg. Uh, great director. Um, it's with Jeff Goldblum uh, as Seth Brundle and Gina Davis as Veronica. Um, I snuck into the theater for this one when I was, uh, I think I was like 13. I forgot what movie, um, I, I, I tried or bought the ticket for, but I snuck into this movie 
and uh, it's, it's got great practical effects. Um, you know, uh, the acting of Jeff Goldblum was perfect. You know, the slow mutation of of him turning into a fly, the emotional uh, pull on him because he's a you know brilliant scientist and he's just uh, regressing into that animal or insect uh, instinct. Uh, it, it's a great movie. Uh, I, I love the teleportation pods. It, it's a great remake, uh, far superior than the original uh, The Fly. Uh, it's 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 a great movie, and uh, a baboon was turned inside out. Uh, what what is not to like? Yeah. So yeah, number six was The Fly for me. Yeah, that's a that I did. I think Joe, I did talk about The Fly you last did talk time about because the fly. It, I saw that double feature with The Fly and Possession. Uh, but yeah, that's a great one. I I tip my hat to you, good sir, yeah, because good that, pick. That, that's that's a very Thanks. good pick. Um, hey, I got a question from our since we're still on our number sixes. Matt, did you ever get around to watching The Mist? Yeah. I have not watched that this week. Oh my no. God. no, I I, was, I watched The Conjuring, and then you. You know, I was gonna watch uh, The Mist today, uh, but I I wound up watching that. Uh, what was that? The one that we just talked about, the classic horror story. Yeah. So, well, life's full of second chances, Matt. I will watch it before <laughs> next time. I promise you. Okay, Scout's on. Is Matt allowed to watch it? Is there a version he could watch, like, streaming of the black and white? Because the black and white, I, I think, is much better than the color, even. Um, I agree cinematically. Yeah. It's superior, but uh, if he can't, I'm just, I want Matt to watch the story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the great in it, too. Okay. And I, and I promise you I will. I watch it this time. Sorry. Um, no more number sixes. No more sixes. So okay. my number five is Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Mm. And this is one that uh, I do uh, talk about rewatchability. I watch this one frequently. Uh, it's one, it was probably one of the first horror movies I watched uh, that was actually a serious horror movie. I, I watched horror movies that, you know, when I was a kid, those B movies that were on the Svengali and all of that kind of stuff. But, but it, I didn't, you know, those weren't serious horror movies that I was actually scared of. But Psycho, I watched, and it was a perfect setting. I watched it, it was a summer evening, and it was raining, and there was a thunderstorm outside. I just remember there was like a cool breeze blowing into the house, and it I was, I was like, it, I wasn't necessarily scared by it, but it, I was in the perfect mood to see it and it's such a great atmosphere and i just you know alfred hitchcock as a director i just have so much respect for him he took on the idea that was his idea if you've ever watched the what was the um i think there's a documentary or not documentary there's a, a biopic with anthony hopkins playing or yeah anthony hopkins playing hitchcock yeah. and it's basically about the making of psycho and you know, he he said what his idea was, what if a great director made a horror movie, you know, and there were some great directors who made horror movies way back in the day, the Universal, James Whale and everything. But but, you know, at that time, B movie or horror movies were really relegated to uh, the matinees and the cheap thrills kind of movies and the B movies. They weren't it wasn't uh, done. It wasn't considered uh elevated in any way whatsoever and hitchcock made a classic horror movie so 
I, I just love it. I think Anthony Perkins is amazing in it. Janet Lee, I love her. And uh, just the, I love the red herring at the beginning. At the, at first you think, you know, I even thought when I was a kid watching it, like, oh, this isn't a horror movie at all. It's like a, it's like a, a heist movie or, or some kind of action movie or something like that where the girl's running away. She's done something awful. But no, obviously things change. And so it kind of, he does that twist. And it's just in the history of film, that was something that is just was so important. It wasn't the kind of thing you saw very often in movies back then. So I, I just love it. Again, it could be higher than this, but at some point you got to make choices. So Psycho is my number five. Great pick. That's in my top 20. Yeah. Uh, Joe. Yeah. My number five, we're not going to talk a whole lot about because we did an entire episode on it. Uh, my number five is Jaws. And for those of you who are listening at home and can't see, uh, this is a, a shameless plug for our merchandise because I'm currently wearing a uh, white and red ringer tee of our Cinescare Jaws artwork that uh, I created. So go out and get yourself one. It's very comfortable, very high it quality. Looks good, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I love it. You um, know, Joe, uh, you look fabulous in that T-shirt. By the way, I was why, even, why, I didn't thank even, you. I didn't realize it was a Cinescare shirt until just now. Um, and I was thinking, Joe looks looks enticing in that T-shirt. I've been but, working out. He's got that he's got that '80s look to him right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I. I'm very glad that I made this shirt, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm even more glad that I bought this shirt because it's very yeah. comfortable. No, uh, so think... anyway, this uh, that has nothing to do with my number five pick, which is Jaws. And if you want to know how big of a fan I am about this, go back and listen to our Jaws episode. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, please go to www.cinescarehorror.com and buy one of those beautiful show or sh- shirts that Joe designed. <laughs> so uh, and, was, you know, I had been thinking of commercials that we could do, like like stereotypical radio commercials that we could do, you know, like Sunday, Sunday, so, you know, stuff sure. like that. But yeah, uh, I, you know, I could I only thought of that one. I want to do like an infomercial where we uh, have like a that. Like well, Yeah, but the <laughs> one where they've got the people at home that can't do anything without hurting themselves. You know, yeah. like uh, try to scoop some ice cream and, <laughs> yeah. wah, wah, and plop yeah. on the floor. Yeah. You know, you need that Cinescare ice cream scoop. Make this just... job so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's funny. Um was Jaws on either of your top fives? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. It's yeah. I think we'll <laughs> okay. both be yeah uh, having that. Mine's coming up very soon. So okay. Well, good thing we didn't talk about it then. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Mark, what's your? Um, my number five is the 1990 classic Misery. Um, yeah, directed by Rob Reiner. You got James Caan. Um, Oscar-winning performance by Kathy Bates. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, go see it, please. I mean, in, in my opinion, this is the best uh, Stephen King movie out there. Uh, I love it more than uh, The Shining. Uh, yeah, or Christine or uh, Cujo. Uh, Misery is just great. I watched it uh, three times in the movie theater when it first came out. I was I. It it has that uh, play feel. Actually, they made a play. Um, from uh, Misery, uh, which starred Bruce Willis, uh, who played uh, Paul Sheldon, 
And uh, yeah, I, I I saw I saw some scenes on uh, on YouTube. He's not that good. Um, and um, oh, what uh, Laurie Metcalf uh, from Roseanne, who played uh, Roseanne's sister. Uh, oh, she yeah. plays she played uh, Annie Wilkes, and uh, I mean I I think you I could, could picture her. Yeah, you yeah, could picture her see doing that. that. Yeah, but it's it's you know you got Richard Farnsworth, Buster, and his wife. You know, uh, uh, his wife flirting with him in the car is always a great scene. Um, the hobbling effect, of course, it's not as uh, gruesome as what happened in the book. But uh, I mean, that was pretty much a shocker, and you're always wincing every time uh, you're you know that scene's coming up. Um, it's just it's got a great like Hitchcock feel. Um, so suspenseful. It's basically two characters throughout the whole movie, and they just hold every scene perfectly. I love this movie. So, yeah, that's my number five. Hey, Mark, if you like that hobbling scene, you'll really need to go watch Classic Horror Story. Yeah. Oh, I do. I, yeah. yeah, okay. That's funny, because the more I think about it, there are tons of little parts yes. of that movie that have something from another horror movie in it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and I, I think... I. I think it makes sense when you say, we could talk about it next time, maybe when you do see it, but I, I do think it makes sense based on how they, how they do it um, or how they did it. But, um, and, and what the whole point of that was, you know, like what, I, but I, it's hard to talk about without getting into spoilery times. So anyway, okay. um, my number four is a little movie called Jaws. And so, again, like Joe, I don't think we need to get in, into it too much. We talked about Joe, that the one. spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Haven't, haven't we discussed Jaws ad nauseum? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I love the movie, but I think everybody knows our position on it. Yeah. Jaws, Jaws, I think Jaws is probably, I'm going to guess that Jaws is way up the list on Mark's. I don't think oh, it's number four. Yeah. I think it's further up. Oh, so, yeah. um, anyway, of course, if you want to know why I love Jaws so much, just go watch the other one or listen to the other episode. Um, but again, I think we all know why Jaws is up there. It's an amazing movie. A perfect movie, I think. Uh, perfect. Joe. My number four is Stephen King's It. And the recent one, not the John Ritter one, which I couldn't stand. Uh, I know wow. it's two. I know it's two movies, but I again I based my top ten list on rewatchability, and I must have watched the two of those a hundred times. I love the recharacterization of Pennywise. I thought that the director and screenwriter did an excellent job omitting the things from the book that needed to be omitted. For example, the um, the orgy rape scene with all the kids. I, I still, I've read that book twice so far and I still cannot figure out why that scene was actually necessary. I'm glad they omitted it. it. I like, if I ever had a chance to talk to Stephen King, I'd probably spend 20 minutes just asking like, what the hell were you thinking? That just doesn't make sense. And I'm very glad they didn't get too far into the whole turtle thing, but the, the actors in this movie are fantastic. The, uh, the special effects I thought were, I, I realized they're all computer generated effects, but you really needed that for this type of film. Uh, I, I, I love the scenery that they paint. I love the timeline that they put together. I really feel like I'm thrust back in time to like the late 
seventies, early eighties, when uh, that type of uh, time frame, into some little town in Maine. It, it's a great story, and I appreciated too the actors that they chose to portray the children as they were older. I uh, love Phil Hader's character. So, uh, yeah. so anyway, that's my my number four was it. Yeah, excellent. That's it. Yeah. That's that's a great that's a great choice. That's a, yeah. it's a good one. I it wouldn't be in my top ten, but that's that's why you're Joe and I'm not. <laughs> what <is that? laughs> not everybody can win that. I'm not. Well, yeah, I'm definitely not going to win on my next pick. So get ready. Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> you know, Mark is full of surprises, Joe. Mark, oh, Mark is man. full of surprises. What What do we have next? Okay, so my number four. Oh boy, here Wait, we go. Do we want to actually? Do we want to take bets on what it is, Joe? <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think because you did mention, I mean, it, it, I would, if, if you hadn't already said it and he denied, I would have thought that, uh, Goonies would be it's not uh, a horror, up there. That's not a horror film. And I have to say, um, I gremlins? put on Twitter, I put gremlins on Twitter or something. No, yeah. not gremlins. Come on guys. I'm not that bad. Poltergeist no. three. The night before Christmas. <laughs> no. All right. Oh, what is it? What is it? So, well, why did you bring me on the show in the first place? Because it's Friday the 13th, part four. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, directed by Joseph Zito, and you got Corey Feldman. Oh, my God. <laughs> who plays Tommy Jarvis. Audible oh. groan. Audible <laughs> no, groan. No. Oh, Lordy. No, no, look, look. Do you have, a groan, is... do you have a groan sound effect, Joe, that you can hear? I knew this was coming, I right? put my own. I knew I'll this was it. coming yeah. when I when I wrote this down as my number four. But look, this is my top ten. This is rewatchability for me. I'm not going to argue the movie because you know I know a lot of people love this movie, and I know you do too. But when you the first thing you mention is Corey again, that, that's where <laughs> the problem. Happens. I can just feel the hate mail coming our way. Yeah. No, no, no. Look, it, did it you had... call the Corey's one eight hundred number, Mark, when you were a kid? Yes. Oh God. I did right. once. Go ahead. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, so directed by Joseph Zito. This this movie has, I think, the best cast out of the whole franchise. It's, it has a little bit of John Hughes feel. Uh, Crispin Glover's in it. Um, he's, he's great. He's great in this movie. All these actors, you, you really feel for them, and you actually get to know these characters, and you actually start feeling for these characters, unlike the, uh, some of the other uh, Friday 13th movies or the Halloween franchise. Or, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You really get to find out who these characters are. And they have great kills. It has Tom Savini back on the job doing these wonderful kills. I think it has one of the best uh, uh, kills in the whole franchise. And it's not even gory. It's um, it's it's the hiker who uh, uh, that runs down into the basement and he's getting killed by a garden shear. And he's screaming, "You're killing me! You're killing me!" And it's horrific. And I love—I—I I just love this movie. I'm a Friday 13th fan. I—I re- I rewatch this movie over four times a year. And so, yes, that is my number four. All right. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I probably could have predicted that, I guess. But are, uh, we, are we done? Of course, I, I was going to have a Friday 13th in my top ten. I unplugged my headphones while he was talking. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe muted his ears. I, I, I muted mine. As well, you should have muted yeah. for the mist, Matt. Yeah. Well, no, there's no comparison. <laughs> uh, okay. So number my number three 
is a movie that Joe had to skip because it was on his list later. My number three is The Exorcist uh, from 1972, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. No, 1973. Um, It's just... It, you're, this was higher up on your list, right? I mean, further back, right? This was number nine on my list. Number nine, yeah. Uh, I just, I just think it's maybe the scariest movie I've ever seen. Still, like, and and there's no, there's certainly no way to go back and see it the same way you did the first time you saw it. But especially the the mystique. If you didn't grow up in the seventies. It, it's very difficult to separate this movie from what was going on at that time, which was there was this whole satanic panic going on in, in America. And my parents got way into it. Uh, they were reading all these books about the Satan conspiracy and all this stuff going on. So I was when I was a kid, I was terrified of that. So to me, there was nothing scarier uh, than than. The Exorcist, the idea of, of of a kid being possessed by the devil and unable to control herself, it, I, I was terrified by it. Now, I didn't see it when I was a kid. I think it would have traumatized me. But I did see it when I believe I was in middle school. And I, I just, I was terrified by it. There are some scenes in this that are just truly just scary scenes. And and they're usually the little parts, you know, the little moments where there's a weird sound someplace or just staring down those stairs behind the house. Uh, also, of course, the the exorcism scene I think is one of the great scenes. It's right up there with uh, taking off the cap to the uh, Ark of the Covenant in uh, Rare's Lost Ark, or the spaceships coming in and, and close encounters, or, or any of those great reveals. It's such a powerful scene, and they and he went there, you know. Um, uh, so. Of course, it was from a book um, by William uh, Peter Blattery, I think was the guy's name, and um, directed by William Friedkin. Uh, yeah, William Peter, I'm sorry, William Peter Blatty uh, wrote the book, and he was also, I believe, one of the screenwriters. Uh, and he actually, what it's, he's written or he's listed as the writer for this. Um, and of course, directed by the great Mr. William Friedkin, who uh, also directed, I believe he directed The French Connection and and some other great movies in the 70s. He never really made another great movie like this again after after The Exorcist. But man, this movie, it, this was in the the whole social, you know, if there was social media now, people would be talking about this movie the same way that they do some others. And, uh, of course, you know, I, I think it's still considered one of the great movies of all time. Joe, what it, why, what did you think? It was on, I, is this on I, your list, Mark? It is not. Oh, okay. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I, you got to make room for lost boys. So yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I always just appreciated it. How far they push the envelope on, what was considered socially shocking. Oh, I yeah. mean, I, I, yeah. I just can't get over growing up, you know, and going to being a horror movie fan 10 years prior to this and watching, you know, what, what society deemed as horrific, you know, the 10 years prior. And then all of a sudden going in to watch the exorcist. Oh yeah. I mean, that just would have blown your mind. 
Like, I oh, can't yeah. believe they actually filmed this. This should oh, be there, rated there X. Scenes, People should be leaving the theater. There are scenes in that, especially where she has the crucifix and she's jamming yeah. it into herself. Uh, and that scene, I don't, I don't think we would see a movie. I don't think a movie would come out with that scene today. You know, that's still shocking to see. And, and still, it's one of those scenes where you're like, I can't believe they actually got to make that and they released it. And it was, and it was, you know, but the book and what people forget is the book was a, uh, a big thing before the movie. I mean, the book already swept through the nation, swept the world, uh, and scared everybody itself. And so when this movie came out, it was it was a big deal. Um, Did you guys uh, uh, go uh, to the movie theaters when they re released uh, it for the movie theater? Where no. they they put in some extra uh, footage, yeah. like the spider walk down the stairs. Right. Yeah, I I, I went uh, I, I went to the re release, and yeah, there there were people that had never seen the exorcist and it was fun to watch people screaming. Yeah. They, they actually thought it was scary. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. Um, all right. So now Joe, what is your number three? My number three is 2018's hereditary. Oh, anyone? Yep. Anyone? Uh, well, it was, remember it was my number 10. And so you said, you had oh, that's higher, right. So, yeah. yeah. That's pretty uh, high. Yeah. It, it's probably my most favorite recent horror film. And just when you think they've come up with all these, you know, scenarios and storylines for horror movies, every once in a while, some little movie like this comes out and just totally blows you away. Uh, Tony Coletti and Gabriel Byrne, I thought were fantastic in this film, but the character I really liked was the son, Peter. Uh, portrayed by Alex Wolf, who I'm also looking very forward to seeing. Uh, he's coming out on a movie this Friday, the 23rd. He's in Old. Have you guys oh, seen yeah. the, the thing yeah, for that? Yeah, the I M. saw the trailer Shyamalan. for that. Yes, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Old, that's coming out. It looks really good. But anyway, yeah. we're talking about Hereditary. Yeah. This scene, if you haven't seen this, uh, I'm going to try to dance around it a little, but the scene with the daughter, Charlie, and Peter is driving the car. I must have rewatched that mm-hmm. scene like a hundred times. How do they do it? That was amazing. Oh, my God. Shocking. Uh, I just absolutely loved it. And the torture that the family goes through trying to survive a lost mm-hmm. family member is just earth-shattering. Yeah, that, that scene at the dining dinner table... Oh, between yeah, the mom yeah. and the son and the dad's just sitting there kind of can't get involved or, or just can't bring himself to, 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 to insert himself into the conversation. It, it, it was, it's such a powerful, amazing scene. The acting in this movie is just unbelievable. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So that's my number three. Yeah, that was, uh, as I said, that one was my number 10. And I do, I love that. I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I need to watch it again, but it is absolutely fantastic. Now mm-hmm. I saw it in the movie theater here in Burbank and the nice. door would not, the door to the movie theater wouldn't close all the way. And there was some dinosaur, I think from some Jurassic park movie out in the lobby, right outside the door to the theater. And so people were going there, getting photos taken with it and laughing. And that sound was coming into the theater. 
And so it really ruined the experience for me. Even and even so, I thought it was an amazing film. But I had I I couldn't really get the full effect until I sat down and watched it on on Amazon or wherever it was was playing when it first streamed. Uh, but such an, a fantastic film, and it is. It's one that is up there. I think I think the same thing of The Witch myself. Uh, mm-hmm. That these are right up there with the best movies, and they will be considered right up there with The Shining and 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 all of these, you know, great classics like The Shining and The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so number oh wait no Mark your number three. My number three is the 1981 um, American Werewolf in London. That's my number three. Uh, Directed by John Landis, uh, David Naughton, Griffin Dunn. Um, yeah, it's, it has the best transformation uh, into a werewolf in cinema history, in my opinion. Better than the Halloween, uh, thanks to Rick Baker. Uh, best comedy horror, I think, that's ever been made, in my opinion. Um, I love the relationship between David and Jack. Um, I kind of picture you guys as David and Jack. Uh, Matt would be David and Joe would be... Uh, Jack, in my opinion, I, I, when they're doing the, uh, the walk in the moors, I, I just, I, and, you know, just with um, joking around, I always just picture that would be Matt and that would be Joe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just a great movie. Um, I, I watched it, uh, a lot. I love the, the rotting corpse of Jack and he's got the little Mickey mouse. He's going, hi David. And yeah, it's great. And that, uh, and just it, even with the transformation of of David turning into the werewolf and he's uh, just his consciousness just breaks out and he just says, I didn't mean to call you meatloaf, Jack. Uh, you just start howling laughing. It's great. It's, it's, it's a wonderful movie. I love this movie. So, yeah. Number three is American Werewolf in London. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I I haven't seen this one in some years, so that that might be what I think. I'm going to put this one on my Shocktober list because it has been, it's been, boy, I bet it's been 20 years since the last time I saw it. So I, I need to check it out again. Wow. Uh, 20 years. Yeah. Probably. You're going to love it. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I remember it quite well and I did love it, but it's just been so, so long since I've uh, revisited it. Uh, okay. Now we're getting to the nitty gritty, Joe. It's, it's the nitty it's, and the gritty. It's It's crunch time. Uh, my number two favorite horror film is now these on my favorite list, these top two on my favorite movies list would flip flop. And I'll tell you why, because I think that my number one is my favorite horror movie and I identify it as really straight a horror movie. And my number two, I identify it not just as a horror movie, but a great movie in, in, you know, in the history of film. So I, I consider it as, I mean, it's obviously a horror movie, but, but in terms of my favorite movies of all time list, it would be my number one favorite movie of all time in my, in my favorite horror movies of all time. If that makes sense, it's my number two. And that is the shining. Uh, and Jack Nicholson, you know, has always been, uh, really probably my favorite actor if right up there with Marlon Brando. Um, I think he is spectacularly good in this film. Uh, Stanley Kubrick is probably my favorite director. 
I love his style. I love his, the, there's such a simplicity to his style. It, he doesn't feel the need to move the camera all over the place. And when he does, there's a reason for it. Otherwise, it's generally a very static. In fact, both of these top two movies of mine, the directors have a very still quality to their direction. And uh, it, they don't feel the need to move all over the place with the camera at all times. They don't need to do a bunch of tricks. They, they, can, they can keep a very still shot when they want to, but when they do move it, it's impressive, and they use Steadicam in a very similar way. Uh, so, but Kubrick is amazing. I think that Shelley Duvall is extremely underrated in this film. I think she's one of, one of the, one of the great female performances. And actually I forgot to talk about last time when I was talking about possession, uh, that the, the actor, actress, Isabel Ajani gives, I think you guys, if you guys get a chance to see, uh, possession, Isabel Ajani gives the greatest one of the greatest acting performances in that movie that I've ever seen by an actor. Uh, and I think Shelley Duvall gives a fantastic performance as well. Scatman they put Crothers, her through the ringer, Shelley Duvall. Oh, yeah, yeah no, definitely. Movie. Kubrick definitely put her through the ringer. And I, she was also dealing with her own mental health issues, which have gotten worse as she's gotten older. But uh, Scatman Crothers, of course, the kid is amazing. Uh, I thought... Dr. Sleep was an okay uh, sequel to it. It wasn't great, but I I thought it was okay. I thought it was, I I did enjoy it a lot. But what could compare to The Shining? I just think it's a fantastic film. Now, uh, the book and the movie are admittedly quite different, and you almost have to look at them as two different things. And I think when you, I think earlier, Mark, I think it was you said something about the misery being your favorite Stephen King movie. And that actually makes sense to me because you almost don't think of the shining as a Stephen King movie. It is such a Kubrick movie, you know? Uh, So anyway, that is my number two, the shining. Uh, My number two is I'm guessing I can already tell how Matt's number one's going to end too. But uh, so anyway, my number two is the 1978 John Carpenter classic Halloween. And should we should not we not talk about this? Yeah. Did I wait a minute? Did I talk about The Shining? Is that is that your number one? Well, I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. But... All right. Okay. So yeah, no, that's higher up on my list. But let's let's I... just say it's not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark, what's your number two? My number two is Alien, uh, directed by Ridley Scott, 1979. Alien. Um, I, Very nice. How, how can you not have this at even in their top three? It's Alien is is very easily. Uh, neither Matt or I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I can I can totally see why you did. And I, I can yeah. see why you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre in space, guys. And uh, I, I find it so hard to believe that people don't think Alien is not a horror movie. This movie is a horror movie. Oh, it totally um, is. It, it plays is. out. It plays out like a slasher. It's, it's, uh, I wouldn't say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I would say that it's Friday the 13th in outer space. Yeah, I mean it's well on, on Twitter it just it just triggers me when people say well aliens just a science fiction movie I'm like absolutely not that is a horror film absolutely yeah um, 
it budget was eleven million and it made one hundred six million. Uh, it was a huge, huge success. Um, Alien designed by H. Uh, A.R. Geiger, um, Signore, uh, Signore Weaver, Tom Skerritt, John Hurt, Veronica Cartwright. Sigourney uh, Weaver, yeah. Sigourney. Okay, thank you for correcting me this time. <laughs> Schneider. Schneider. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Harry Dean Stadden, uh, I Am Home, and, uh, and Kodo. I mean, how do you not, I mean, this great cast, suspense, um, exhilarating, beautiful to look at. Cinematography is phenomenal. So yeah, Alien is number two. That's I. That is a very respectable uh, place for that movie. And I, it's definitely. I would say it's probably most likely. It's definitely in my top twenty. I would say. Um, I'm not sure where though, but because I didn't do all twenty, but. I I love that movie too, and I, I agree with you. It's very much it's very much like a, a slasher. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I like that one. Good. Uh, my number one. Dun dun dun. We are to that point, Joe. I I feel like we should have some sort of uh, drum roll or uh, some kind of like the num- audience doesn't know number. Well, no, <laughs> are you not kidding just, me? Not just for me, but we are now to the number one. Um, we, need some sort of we do, yeah, yes. some sort of fanfare for yeah. now we are at level This is our favorite horror movie of all time. And of course, it's probably not a big mystery to anyone, especially given that it's not anywhere else on my top ten. And that would be John Carpenter's Halloween from 1978. Uh, I, I don't want to talk too much about it. <laughs> because we will be doing a Halloween franchise uh, episode this fall in October, I believe, if not late September, one of the two, uh, and we will be having a, a guest return, Mr. Uh, James Oster, Jimmy O. Uh, Yay! He will be returning to talk to us about because he is also a massive fan of the Halloween franchise. So uh, he'll be returning. That's a little... A little uh, but plug for for Jimmy O returning to the show. Anyway, that'll be probably October when we do a Halloween franchise episode. But I I just love the movie. It was the first horror movie I re- that was actually scary that I that I got to watch. Watched it on Halloween night. I think I talked about this last October. I watched it on Halloween night. Uh, got my brother Terry and I got pillows and blankets. Made a bunch of popcorn. It was on. Uh, it was the TV version that we saw. So obviously it was edited. But because the movie already was only, I, I think it's under ninety minutes total as it is. They had to cut so much because of violence and sex nudity or whatever that it was going to be too too short. So uh, John Carpenter actually went back and filmed new scenes for it. Uh, in fact, one scene was in uh, PJ Soul's house, I believe. Uh, Lori Strode w- went there after school, and they hung out in PJ Soul's house. Little tidbit: if you were listening to the Friday the Third or the Nightmare on Elm Street, Street episode, the interior of the house of PJ Soul's house was actually the interior of the Nightmare on Elm Street house that they they used in in hollywood so uh but i you know and they also they had a couple scenes that were just kind of dragged out i think they were just trying to fill time there were there were some very long scenes at the uh at the court i think it was the court 
house where Dr. Loomis is trying to get them not to move uh, Michael Myers to lower security. Uh, and they weren't really having it. So, but there were some neat scenes added in, kind of added a little background to the whole thing. So, but I loved it. It was Halloween night, stormy night, again, one of those deals. And I absolutely fell in love and I've watched it. Oh my God. I don't even know how many times since, but a whole lot of times. So that's my number one Halloween. Joe, what's your number one? My number one favorite rewatchable horror movie of all time is of course the 1991 Jim Varney classic, Ernest Scared Stupid. Mark, did I, did I take your number one? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding everybody. My favorite number one movie, of course, if you've listened at all to this is of course the shining for all the same reasons that Matt gave and all the same reasons that we, discussed uh in great detail when matt and i picked apart uh why this is our favorite movie um and one of our earlier episodes so if you haven't listened to it dive a little deeper back into our our archives and uh give it a full listen so yeah that was my number one i i you know who cares what i think i want to hear what mark's number one is and yeah (laughs) let's hear what what mr mark has in store for us which Corey movie is it yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, called Dream think... a Little Dream. Yep, I was oh, waiting so for that. It's the two Corys were in it, Jason <laughs> Robards. Uh, there's a great dance scene in the gym where he dances like Michael Jackson. He's brilliant. Oh, boy. No. You probably yeah. memorized that dance. <laughs> no. Uh, no, my number one is, of course, my favorite movie of all time, and it's Jaws. Um, oh. We, we've already talked about it in our Jaws episode. It's, it's a great movie. Um, best movie. Perfect movie. I love this movie. Uh, just, just listen to our episode, our Jaws episode, and, and you'll understand why. Um, but, yeah, that's my number one. Excellent. Well. Wait, Joe, Joe, what's, what, what was your uh, top 20, like 20 to 11? What, what were oh, they? Oh, uh, hang on. Did, did you guys make another I did. Okay. I didn't. Um, what do you want, 20 through 11, or do you want yeah. 11 through 20? Uh, 20, 20 to 11. Okay, number 20 I had is Prometheus. Oh, uh, heck yeah. 19, Nightmare on Elm Street. 18, The Strangers. 17, The Crazies. Ooh, 16, crazies. Identity. Uh, 15, yes. Halloween 2. 14, Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 13 is Scream. 12 is poster, Poltergeist, and 11 is Return of the Living Dead. Nice. Wow. You want to hear mine? Yes, I sure. do. Sure. So number 20 is The Blob, 1988. Um, number 19 is Hereditary. Number 18 is Near Dark. Number 17 is Halloween. Uh, number 16 is The Invisible Man, 1933. Number 15 is Spontaneous. Uh, number 14 is uh aliens number 13 is the shining number 12 is psycho and number 11 is the mist yeah very Very nice nice. uh yeah halloween is 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 not my favorite it's i mean it's it's my favorite it's in my top 20 but it's just i just don't hold the love that you guys have i wish i did can't crack the top 10 huh no, yeah. no. Well, that's why you're just super fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Let me think here. I've got um I didn't really do 
a top 20, but looking on, I have a list of my favorite movies of all time. So looking on here, uh, probably in my top 20 would be Rosemary's Baby, uh, boy, I, I I don't know that I would consider Rear Window a horror movie, I guess. Uh, probably Alien would be on there. Uh, I would say, I, I know a lot of people would argue about this, but I would say that Blue Velvet uh, is one of those at least horror-adjacent movies would, might be up there. Uh, I I, why don't you say that for your top 10 horror adjacent films? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, hey, that's not a bad idea, Joe. Um, <laughs> that's our next episode. <laughs> but uh, I would say Friday the 13th Part 2 would be in there somewhere. Um, Halloween 4 would be in there, probably in the top 20. Uh, the Conjuring. Um, Sinister, maybe. Uh, it's hard to say. There's so many. I'd, I'd have to go back. It's hard to do it off the top of my head, but um, I wish I'd known we were doing all 20s. <laughs> well, I just, I, you got to go through the list, and it, it's just, it, it, movies just keep getting bumped up, and then I had to yeah. do the top 20. Yeah, I, my original list was just random movies that came to my head, and then I yeah. just had to start readjusting them. They're going, oh, I like this one better than that, and this one should be up here. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I did. Yeah. All right. Oh, Sleepy Hollow would probably be in there, too, actually. Oh, yeah. That's another good one. Yeah, I love that movie. Nothing um, like Christopher Walken. Is that oh, horror? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Sleepy yes, Hollow? Of course. Horror? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I put on it Twitter. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess Ichabod it is. Crane? Yeah, Ichabod well, yeah. Crane. It's a horror story. It was probably one of the first horror short stories. Well, I know. I I just like the Disney. And he's one cutting better. off people's heads, and and it, we and should the whole do our setting is is you know is horror setting. Yeah, yeah. We should Captain do our Dean was, our top guess, ten. We should do our top ten favorite horror musicals. Yeah, great. <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh yeah, there's another one. Uh, The the Barber. Uh, Johnny Depp. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Yeah, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. That's my favorite music. That's my favorite musical of all time. Not necessarily the movie, but the musical itself. So. Yeah, I saw the musical on uh, uh, the play, and yeah, the musical, it, it was fantastic. It was really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I've seen it several times. Every yeah. Anytime it's around, I'll, I'll go see it. So. Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay, well, that is it for this week, guys, and uh, I just also, please, please, please go to www.cinescarehorror.com and pick up any merchandise. It really supports us. It it helps us uh, pay for our hosting and our recording sites and, and all that. So please, please uh, go there and uh, support us if you, and of course, click, uh, what is it? not like, but uh, review us. Rate. Review us and rate us on your podcast app of choice. If you're on Apple Podcasts or whatever, go on there and give us four or five stars or whatever, and and then let us know how we're doing. Let us know if we're in your top ten. Yeah, we should be. See how I, I tied all that in? Yeah, I love it. I love <laughs> you're it. Brilliant. Joe. I think I we should you, be Joe. at least top three for most I people. love me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, 
that is it for this week. Next week, uh, we don't have a theme yet, but we're going to be talking about it. And I think we might have a guest. Uh, so please come back, wake the kids, phone the neighbors, and we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Two Corys were in at Jason Robarbs.